0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. When you go and watch any other sport, you know where it's going to end up. I mean, how often do you see a football game that finishes in the parking lot? The answer is never. Because wrestling is nuts, all rules go out of the window. And for all we know, it could be over in your house. That was quite literally the name of a pay-per-view for years. Let us put this to bed, though, as I am Simon from what culture? Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 wrestling matches that ended in unbelievable locations. Number 10, Al Snow vs. The Road Dogg on the 4th of January 1999 Raw. Forget the 24-7 title. The hardcore championship was where it was at when it came to belts that could be defended anytime, place. Especially during the Attitude Era. The dumber the idea, the more likely it would be greenlit. And just by its name, you knew things could get crazy. Why not go wrestle outside? That's what Al Snow and the Road Dog did two decades ago, and do not forget, you cannot fake being thrown onto the ground, and this was even more intense here as the weather was horrendous. Worcester, Massachusetts had received a big old dose of snow, which meant either one of these guys could have slipped over. We also had snow shovels and wheelbarrows because why not, and it was the D-O-double-G who eventually got the win after a PAL driver threw a wooden pallet on the sidewalk. Yep. As I'm sure you've realized, there was a sense of irony here, as it was Al Snow fighting in the snow. My word, Jerry Lawler made sure you didn't forget that. We get it, King. We get it. Number nine, Money in the Bank 2020. So we already knew that the 2020 Money in the Bank was going to be different, but still. Go and tell anyone who doesn't watch wrestling that both the men's and women's ladder match was going to end up on the roof of Titan Towers. And they'll just look at you for a while. It was also nuts to watch because it was a bunch of wrestlers running through WWE HQ trying to get to the top. It's like they were all inspired by Donkey Kong. I still respect the fact we came up with this because of course it was done due to the pandemic. And by this stage I was done with the Performance Center. We all were. It's not anybody's fault but my word it wore you out. Otis and Oscar would be the eventual winners. And never forget just before that, Baron Corbin threw Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio to their deaths. They went off the roof. What a time this was. Number 8. The Undertaker versus Triple H on Shotgun Saturday Night Do you remember this show? Probably not. The idea was that the then-WWF wanted to get a little bit edgier, and with no Adam Copeland in sight, they came up with Shotgun Saturday Night. It would be violent, angry, and shot in New York nightclubs. While it didn't last long, it did give us this doozy. Because Triple H decided he would defend his intercontinental title against The Undertaker in February 1997. And it got so out of control, it ended on the escalators of Penn Station. And yes, you heard that right. They were fighting next to a train. The wildest part was the dead man nailed the game with a tombstone on the escalator, meaning Hunter's lifeless body was slowly carried to the next floor down. I would strongly suggest you go and find this on YouTube or Peacock and give it a watch. It's like we all knew the Attitude Era was what needed to happen, but shenanigans beforehand were more important. Number seven, Chris Jericho vs Orange Cassidy at All Out 2020. Yep, it ended in a giant mimosa bowl. Or VAT, or TANK, I don't know, not even sure I knew what a mimosa was before this, but man, I sure do now. Another tick for me, because it was a wrestling company thinking outside the box when the world shut down, AEW decided that Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy would have a match with the loser being the first person to be thrown into some liquid. I mean, why the flub not? It certainly felt like a way to give Cassidy a win without Jericho getting pinned, which is exactly what happened, and this was another concept that really only spoke to wrestling fans. Those who didn't just wanted to unfriend you, they didn't get it. I still think this was a big tick for Orange, who went two to one up in the feud. And who doesn't want to see a bad guy get theirs by being knocked into a cocktail swimming pool? Also fits this list perfectly. I'm not sure I ever knew this was going to be a thing. When I first started watching wrestling. number 6. Al Snow vs Hardcore Holly at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre That's right, Al Snow is back again and it's 1999. The pay-per-view itself is quite notable because as we joked about in the intro, this was the last main roster event to use the name In Your House. I don't know if Al and Hardcore Holly knew that, but they were going to go out with a bang. It was once again for the vacant Hardcore title, and clearly both guys wanted to win it as they brought out of the ring, and ended up next to the banks of the Mississippi River. They were soon in the damn thing when Holly wrapped Snow up with a chain fence and beat him. This was utterly insane. These two had quite the feud over this as Al would defeat hardcore Holly in April, and I would guess we don't do this anymore, as insurance companies would lose their minds. I mean, as if wrestling isn't dangerous enough. Number 5, Steve Austin versus Triple H to the 2000 Survivor Series. Do you want to know how this ended? With Stone Cold Steve Austin killing... Triple H, that's right. You can't say he didn't, because to get revenge for the game trying to murder him the year prior, the rattlesnake hijacked a forklift truck, attached it to the car that Hunter was in, lifted the vehicle way, way up in the air, and then dropped it onto its roof there is no way anyone would have survived. It was quite the way to underline that this was a no-DQ match back in November 2000, and even before this, the violence was real. Tables, weapons, outside interference. We pulled out all the stops here, including coming up with the finish of... a no contest. Because of course it was. What was Austin going to do? Drag Triple H's lifeless body out the car and pin him? No thanks. It was super memorable, hence why we're talking about it today, and it's not actually that bad on paper because the answer to the question of where this finished would simply be the parking lot. Throw some context in there, however, my word. Number 4. Cactus Jack versus Van Hammer at WCW Clash of the Champions Everybody forgets this, but as early as 1992, Mick Foley was doing crazy, crazy things. He had a plan and he was going to stick to it. He came across as a frightening foe in the early 90s, as he was a bad guy, and when he came up against Van Hammer at Clash of the Champions in a Falls count anywhere bout, he proved this once more. Going down in the Kansas Expo Center, there just happened to be a rodeo arena next door. So why not go brawl into that? This was doubly good as it meant more weapons could be introduced, including the interfering Abdullah the Butcher and his shovel. Sadly, he missed with his swing and twonked hammer instead. And Then it got even weirder when Abdullah also dunked Missy Hyatt in a water trough. This felt very much like, well, they have one over there, so why don't we go and use it? And man, it was nuts to watch today. Utter carnage. Half expected it to end with a bull just kicking out. Number three, Antonio Anoki versus Masasaito. This was an island death match. And yes, once again, you heard that right. The only way longtime rivals Antonio Inoki and Masa Saito could settle their feud, apparently, they headed to the island of Ganrujima in 1987 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Inspired by a legendary fight to the death between swordsman Kijiri Sasaki and Mushahashi Miyamoto on the same island back in 1612, the idea was actually that we would just dump these two guys into the abyss and let them kill each other. The winner keeps his life. Now that didn't happen, obviously, but Saito did pass out to the sleeper hold at, get this, the two-hour mark. It is so hard to watch on TV as all the cameras are miles away, and you won't be surprised to hear New Japan did this as they were struggling, so thought they needed to do something different to draw an audience back in. The truth is, it's a little boring, and the solution to their woes was so much easier. Big Van Vader was brought in later that year, squashed Antonio in five minutes, And it was so shocking, everybody tuned back in. So the lesson here is always keep it wrestling. Number two, Al Snow versus the Big Boss Man at SummerSlam 1999. And he is back! Al Snow wins this list by having a trifecta of entries, as he waged war with the Big Boss Man at SummerSlam 1999 for the hardcore title. I mean, what else? We did start in the arena as we always did with these, but ended up in a bar across from the Minneapolis Target Center. There was no let-up here either, as Snow jumped the boss man instantly, stopping them from even getting to the ring. They then instantly went backstage, fought through the streets, and when they found themselves in the bar, used bottles, furniture, magazine racks, and whatever else they could to hit each other, then they went into the bathroom. That of course meant Ray Trailer had to have his face stuffed with a urinal cake, which just sounds horrible, and the road dog got involved. I think he just saw people having an unconventional match and wanted to make sure he was there for it. It allowed Snow to hit the boss man in the testicles with a couple of pool balls and then pin him on the pool table. 1999 was a very, very interesting period. Number one, Kenny Omega versus Mike Angels. I love this. I get that some people don't like goofy wrestling, but it makes me happy. What else do you need from life? It actually starts with Mike Angels playing Super Mario World when Kenny Omega rocks up and demands a match. Thankfully Mike had his wrestling gear on underneath his dressing gown, so away they went, and my word it's insane. I shall lay it out as best I can, but they fight through Angels' house, into the yard, past a nearby lake, over a field, through a sandpit, before Kenny hits a Mishinoko driver on top of a hill to get the win. I mean, that is quite the visual. If it sounds like a real-life version of Peter Griffin versus the Giant Chicken, you wouldn't be far off. And the rumor has always been that Japanese promotion DDT saw this in 1998 and asked Omega to come across ASAP. That would kickstart his career in the East, meaning the lesson is to always trust your gut and always to have fun, because you just never know how it can help.